welcome to Headline Talks, our brand new podcast on European news coverage and those at the heart of it. My name is Margot Cassiers, I'm the senior researcher producer at Headline News Facilities Productions in Brussels. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome our very first guest, Sándor Zsíros, a Hungarian EU correspondent for Euronews. Welcome. Thanks very much for the invitation. It's my pleasure to be here. What an exciting time to be a Hungarian correspondent in Brussels. Well, yes. So I'm here in Brussels since nine years and it has been always super exciting to be a Hungarian journalist. But now it's it's even more. So Hungary becomes somehow uh, in the middle of the European debate because our government is representing something different than the mainstream of the European politics. And now that the EU has this horrible conflict with Russia over the Ukraine war, we can see it again that Hungary is again, you know, a little bit of outside of the mainstream. So yes, being a Hungarian journalist is very special thing. I would add that being an independent Hungarian journalist is even more exciting than being just, you know, a journalist. Have you seen things change since you came to Brussels in the relationship with how Hungarians uh, look at the EU, but also how you are treated as a journalist? The relationship between the Hungarian government and uh, the EU institution has become much, much worse. And also the image of Hungary in the European Union has become much, much worse. This is because, you know, different issues, mostly because the backsliding of the democracy and rule of law in Hungary, this is because also of the massive fraud with uh, EU money. I would say being a, a Hungarian or or a Hungarian journalist in Brussels, I'm not labeled. I don't feel any bad stereotypes. But yeah, I sometimes I notice that talking about Hungarians, it's you know they associate Hungarians with the government. I would strongly say that. We should keep it separately because, you know, Hungary and Hungarians are not equal to the government. Do you ever receive pressure from the Hungarian government when you're reporting on EU topics? Not really, no. I mean, uh, we have the usual things with politicians, the usual request, send the script in advance to them to check. But no, they cannot have a political pressure on Euronews because the gene of Euronews is political independence. I had a lot of pressure when I was working as a journalist in Hungary. That was completely different. And this was part of my decision to leave Hungary and come to Brussels because, you know, it was amazing what was going on in the press. So then the owners of the different televisions had to make, you know, concessions towards politicians and the political parties, especially the government. Here, I am completely independent. My bosses, they trust me. The company trusts me. So I'm, I'm really delighted for this situation. And today is an, a particularly interesting day because the Hungarian government is in a lot of headlines in, in Brussels uh, today with threats to push uh, three Russian businessmen off the sanctions list. Could you elaborate on that? Are you working on that story at the moment? So, yes, it's a typical Hungarian foreign political story. You have to know that the Hungarian foreign policy is based on one principle. When there is an international conflict between two parties, they will choose the stronger party to support. They will make gestures for the stronger party and they ask for uh, business benefits for it. 
This happened, for example, when Turkey started an offensive in Syria. Hungary supported Turkey with these gestures. When there was an issue with China, with the Uyghur minority, Hungary immediately took the side of China and made some uh, gestures towards China. Now we see the same thing with the Ukraine-Russia conflict. On the surface, Hungary is, you know, approving all the EU measures, sanctions, etc. But the, on the sidelines, they are sending gestures to Russia that look, we understand you, you are an important partner for us, etc., etc. So that's why Hungary is asking for extra gas transports. And I think this is behind uh, this new development also. So Hungary is trying to show some gestures towards Putin that, look, we understand that these businessmen are very important for you. They are also important for us. So we are trying to get them off the sanctions list. This happened, by the way, a couple of weeks ago when Hungary blogged uh, that the EU could uh, add Uh, the Russian patriarch Kirill on the sanction list. So Hungary blocked that completely. Hungary even got an exemption from the oil embargo, what concerns the Russian oil uh, transports. So Hungary is getting basically a lot of benefits from Russia. We got an extra gas transport this year from Gazprom. And this is simply because Orban is, is not shy. He is saying that Yes, even though there is a war, we have to maintain our relationship with Russia because Russia will remain Russia even after the war ends. And we need them because it's the only place where we can get cheap or relatively cheaper gas. Nevertheless, this issue damages Hungary's reputation in the European Union very badly, really very, very badly. So Hungary was isolated in the past, but when you see what's going on now, it's even more isolated. So we used to have the strongest ally, Poland and Hungary. They were defending each other, etc. And now even the Polish prime minister said lately that unfortunately we lost Hungary because Hungary is so massively pro-Russian. And that's why the so-called Visegrad 4 group is also very weak now. So basically what I see now is, is Hungary struggling. Hungary is very much isolated in the European Union, and this has massive financial consequences because Hungary is under special regulations and special regimes in the European Union because of democracy, because of rule of law, and because of corruption. And now most of the European funds are blocked. Hungary is not getting them. And this is partly a political issue, not only an issue of corruption. How do regular Hungarians look at this kind of complicated relationship with Russia, which is frowned upon in the rest of Europe? It depends. So pro-government supporters, they think it's very important to have, you know, cheap gas and energy, and they support the government's uh, initiative in this. Opposition voters and independent thinkers are, are really fed up that we are basically supporting and defending a war criminal who is, you know, attacking a neighboring country and he's trying to destroy the European Union also. So it's a very mixed, very mixed thing. What strikes me is that basically the national media in Hungary, the state media like the TV and radio, they are pushing completely the pro-Russian narrative. You know, they are making interviews that, you know, Russia is just 
in this war is just defending its legitimate interest and they are blaming Ukraine that Ukraine has provoked uh, this war. We have many, many pieces coming from the state media, uh, basically just, you know, defending the Russian position in this. For me, as a journalist, this is unacceptable. And this relationship with Russia, was it always special or is it has it really evolved a lot since the start of the war in Ukraine? Well, uh, It was special in the last years. So the government had this policy, which is called opening to the East. It means they want to get markets in Russia, in China, in Central Asia. It's nothing really special. We see it in France. We see it in Germany. It's relatively the same. What makes it different that, you know, Hungary is never criticizing, you know, human rights abuses. It's never criticizing, you know, falling of democracy in Russia or in China, they want to do only business. And uh, what we see during the war started, since, since the war started, that basically they completely ignored the humanitarian issues. So basically they are completely sidelining the humanitarian side of the story. Of course, they are saying the war was a wrong thing and they want a ceasefire. But, you know, when it comes to punishing Russia, when it comes to sanctions, when it comes to, you know, moral duties, they are saying it's basically it's not our business to sanction them. And, and they are saying that, you know, these kind of sanctions are not working and hurting Europe more than Russia, which is, you know, a questionable statement. I feel like for the moment in the European Union, Hungary is the most pro-Russian member state. And this is something strange for me because we have been occupied by the Soviet Union. We have been, uh, the Hungarians were delivering an uprising against the occupiers. And Orban was, when he was young, he was demanding Russian troops to leave Hungary immediately. That was in uh, 89. And uh, after 30 years, he is making this kind of gestures uh, towards Putin, who is a military dictator. It's something very strange for me. How do you think Orban has evolved or changed as a leader in, in recent years? I think since he has this massive superpower. So basically what we have in Hungary, the governing party has a super majority. They can change the constitution whenever they want. They can appoint anyone to any state institution, they can dictate for the national media, so they have a complete superpower over the state. What I see is that this political party, which is called Fidesz, it is using the Hungarian state for its own purposes. It's a classical state capture, and I think this somehow, this having this superpower that, you know, Nobody is saying no to you when you're a politician. You don't have to do compromises. You, you don't have to negotiate with other people in the country because what you say, it becomes reality. It becomes a law on the next day. So I think this distorted a little bit uh, Orban's uh, personality. And uh, I think it's not a good thing because in the democracies, normally we have, you know, checks and balances. We have some independent institutions that can limit the power of a prime minister in and uh, in Hungary it's i see it's it's completely gone so what we see in Hungary is a one man show 
How do you see things evolving, both in Hungary, but also in the Hungarian relationship with the European Commission and funds it needs? So what I see now, in the first 10 years of the Orban government, the European Union had no tools to act on Hungary because simply it was not prepared that in the European Union there could be one member state or two member states together with Poland who can, you know, completely hijack the European legislation. They can blackmail with different vetoes and they can, you know, just misuse European funds. So there were no tools for this. But after these years, the European Parliament and the European Commission realized that they have to do something and the only tool they have is money. So they block the European funds and apparently it hurts Hungary very much, very, very, very much. So we are in a deep economical crisis right now in Hungary. We have a massive budget deficit. We have a lot of problems uh, with the businesses and Hungary needs foreign funding. But the European money is not coming. We have the so-called rule of law mechanism, which is a key in this. That was applied first time ever against Hungary. And this means that when one country is, you know, misusing European funds and there is a systematic corruption, they can stop fundings. And Hungary also doesn't get this kind of recovery funds. So now, in first time in the last 12 years, we can see that basically the Hungarian government is realizing that has to negotiate with Brussels in a different way. Today, the Justice Minister of Hungary is arriving in Brussels to try to negotiate the release of these funds. They even established a new anti-corruption agency in Hungary at the request of Brussels. They are even changing, you know, how the European funds will be distributed in Hungary. But still, we don't know how this will play out. What I know, if they don't agree with Brussels on the funding of the recovery funds this year, until the end of the year, 70% of the money will be lost. We are talking about billions of euros and the government is really, I think, is in a panic to, you know, get this money. So I feel like this page is turning. So far, Hungary was very lucky. They got everything from the EU in the last 10 years. They had no real problems, no opposition, and the, the European Union had no tools against them. But now with the financial situation changing and the, the EU having this rule of law mechanism, Hungary and the government is in a big, big trouble. That's tremendously interesting. Do you think that Hungary and Orbán's government in that sense also changed the EU in the past years? I think so, definitely. For example, in the migration policy, Orban was always pushing for a hard line. Let's strengthen the external border. Let's, uh, you know, not let anyone in. And this has become a kind of mainstream in the European Union. Now, many member states and many institutions are saying the same what actually Orban said five years ago. So he has changed Europe in some policies a lot, but he was not successful in building his alliance. So he wanted to have a new conservative group in the European Parliament, but this didn't happen because still, even on the far right, there are very many differences between the different political families and Fidesz, the Hungarian government party, is still, you know, 
very much isolated because they are in the independence group in the European Parliament, so they don't have political alliance. So they influence some policies, but at the same time they have been sidelined by the biggest political groups. Nevertheless, they have been also kicked out from the EPP, that was the biggest political family European People's Party. So Fidesz left them. Technically, they withdrew from EPP, but in reality, they have been uh, kicked out because the circumstances in the party have changed so much that they had no place anymore there. And you yourself have been in Brussels nine years. What have been the highlights for you of these past nine years? So we had many, many things to cover. So we had Ukraine uprising, and then we had Brexit, we had the migration crisis, now we have energy crisis. So Europe is step by step trying to deal with different crises. And we had also the Euro crisis with Greece. It was a tremendous work for me to, you know, cover the fight of Hungary with the EU institutions, and it's still far from being over. There were, you know, a lot of personally very touching uh, stories for me. For example, when we heard the speech of Barack Obama, for example, in Brussels, or we could do some special interviews, we had very huge scandal also when Fidesz MEP Josef Sayer escaped an illegal uh, lockdown party in Brussels. That was personally very striking. I would never imagine something to happen to a Hungarian MEP. So I think it's it's a very colorful thing to work in Brussels as a Hungarian journalist or just as a journalist in general. And you know, in the Hungarian media, there are not a lot of journalists in uh, Brussels. So we are around 10 of us here. It means that sometimes our work is really highlighted and really needed. So my job, especially, I think my mission is to explain from a neutral point of view what is the European Union, because there is a lot of misunderstanding about this in Hungary. So people, sometimes they are portraying the European Union would be a foreign power. But in fact, no, we are one of the, the key players of the European Union. We have uh, our rights, we have our, our duties in the European Union, and, and we have to explain this to the people. So I'm trying to do this. Thank you so much. I'm really grateful for this invitation, being the first guest in this studio. I wish you good luck with the podcasts and I will try to listen to, to them when I will have the opportunity. Thank you, Shandor, for this interesting talk. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you.